Hi, my name is Helena Samcio, and I'm the CEO and founder of Globi, a global drone service company based in Stockholm, providing uh, social impact drone services around the world, um, dealing with both transportation and data collection. Hi, Helena, and welcome to Logistics Rocks. Thank you. So, drones. I mean, uh, few topics are as hot as drones right now. Uh, and uh, you are working connecting drone transportation with uh, the area that we usually call humanitarian logistics, which I think is especially cool. Yeah. So, could you tell me a little bit more about what you do and, and um, a little bit about the history behind what you do? Yeah, definitely. So um, we are indeed a drone company, but we are much more than a drone company. Uh, we're we're on a mission to improve 218 million lives every year um, by introducing smart drone services, both to be able to reduce impact of natural disasters, reduce disease outbreak, uh, and increase access to healthcare, etc. So that is um, our mission, and we are using drones as tools to um, be able to reach those missions, so to say. Um, and um, yeah, what else <laughs> was the question? Sorry. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm really curious as to how you apply these technologies and mm-hmm. where in the world you're working and uh, yeah. who you're working for, things like that. Yeah, so um, we are working primarily in Southeast Asia and Southeast Africa. So there's something about Southeast that's um, very good for drones. Really. Um, and a few different reasons. Um, we are working with humanitarian actors as one of our big uh, client focus. So, of course, it tends to be uh, a bit um, humanitarian focused more in these uh, regions compared to Europe uh, and so forth. Uh, and but it's also in these regions that we see that um, the uh, regulatory frameworks for drones have adapted to allow for these types of services to be deployed. So we are working both with humanitarian actors and uh, different UN organizations, uh, but also private companies, uh, medtech companies, uh, pharmaceutical companies, and so forth that wants to ensure that they can uh, be uh, applying their logistical. Uh, transportation system to also reach last mile areas, um, which is typically the last part of the supply chain that becomes quite timely and costly for both companies and organizations. So we provide um, a drone delivery service to both companies and organizations that are uh, looking into how to reach last mile areas with healthcare supplies uh, in a more efficient way. Uh, we don't manufacture the drones ourselves, and but we work with 12 different drone suppliers to be able to match the uh, client requests with the proper drone technology. Uh, and then we set up a drone uh, infrastructure delivery network for our clients and together with them. Um, yeah. So you're, you're, you're a, sort of a drone-based freight forwarder servicing the last mile where this may be the only option. Is, is that a way to All summarize? Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good summary um, for, for um, yeah. That would um that would be that would be sufficient, I think. <laughs> and so, I mean, we've all seen the Amazon drones, and we've all seen the small consumer products you can buy with a camera, so that you can take aerial photos of your house, things like that. Mm. What type of drones are we talking about here? Because since your drones need to be carrying quite a lot of loads sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, that is also the reason for why we are working with different suppliers of different technologies because it really comes down to what 
does the client want the drone to do? Um, do we need to travel 10 kilometers or do we need to travel 100 kilometers? Do we need to carry a kilo or do we need to carry many kilos? So those are two quite um, important factors before you decide what type of drone technology that you will bring in. Um, uh, and also, of course, there's um, there's quite a lot of other factors as well. But based on those two main criteria, it's important for us to be able to work with different suppliers that can meet these different uh, demands. And then, of course, there is also important to look at the costs, what type of budgets are available. Most likely, it's not going to be economically feasible to bring in a huge drone that could potentially carry the most kilos and travel really far distances. It might be much more um, both economically sustainable and also um, sustainable from an operational point of view uh, and from a regular point of view to set up a network of smaller drones that um, could travel uh, quite a few different routes and deliver many deliveries per day, but do it on a more ongoing basis versus just having the huge drone that requires a lot of um, space and a lot to land, for instance, maybe a whole airfield land um, and a lot of regulatory um, permissions to be able to fly a drone that is the size of an airplane. And that is most likely not the most efficient solution for, for a lot of cases. It might be in some cases, but... Yeah, because yeah, because some of these drones are not helicopters. They are like jet airplanes with no with no pilot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, all our drones have no pilot, and hence that's why they're obviously <laughs> drones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I think from what we are mostly focused on is to is to set up the networks of uh, drones that might be might not be necessarily. Um, the same size or the same complexity around it as if you if you if you look at a at a drone and 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 then you will you will see it's a drone you won't mistake it for a helicopter or an airplane if 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 that makes if that makes sense so our drones are are maybe you know in wingspan one to two meters um instead of you know gigantic air airframes um and with those still you know a bigger drone than and then the most common consumer drone um in in that terms they're they're still big um but with drones, those drones we're looking to see how can you how can you set up um um uh, infrastructure for deliveries based on these type of uh of drones and and how many times do they need to travel per day and uh, and how far should they fly and what should they carry and also look at the volumes that the drones can can carry and so forth. So it's a quite a puzzle that needs to be um, put together. Um, and then, of course, we also try to, as much as possible, not, not use gas-powered drones. We try to only use battery-driven drones so that we also uh, have an eco-friendly transportation system in place from the beginning. Um, so that is, yeah, a few factors that we are working on um, and together with our clients and a little bit based on their requirements and so forth, then we're able to bring in the technology that's appropriate. I mean, I, I think this is excellent. And I think uh, you are one of the few examples where you can sort of tick all three boxes of sustainability, both both um, economic, environmental and social uh, as well. Uh, and you score high on all three when you go electric as well with these drones. So, so I think it's really, really cool. Um, when, when it comes to the, the sort of the logistics part of it, um, you mentioned high repetition, high frequency, or you, you have a network of drones and things like that, but you also 
operate in, in very different parts of the world. And I assume that you also have a lot of temporary theaters where you are active for a short period of time during some sort of um, emergency situation, uh, whereas you might have some places where you have a more repetitive, long, um, ongoing commitment, so to speak. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the case because we are seeing that you know drones can make make a, a big impact both in areas that are ongoing and all all days out of the year are struggling with these last mile transportations, but they could also make a difference in the regions that might not necessarily struggle from 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 everyday transportation, but there has been a flooding or there has been an earthquake or there's been um, a hurricane or whatever it might be that has affected the capabilities of the um, road infrastructure network on the ground. And those um, in those um, circumstances, it's, it's, it's more of providing um, a logistical framework over, um, over a few weeks um, until um, until the um, proper infrastructure, in a way, or the ground infrastructure has been has been restored, uh, and not necessarily with the goal of of um, having drone delivery uh, infrastructure in place uh, on an everyday basis in, in in those in those situations. So, um, so how how does a drone delivery infrastructure what, what sort of signifies what you would say an ideal uh, drone delivery infrastructure? What uh, what would that Look like. Yeah, so I mean, I, the ideal drone delivery infrastructure um, we still don't have, um, but you know we are working towards towards getting there. And um, the way that the way that we foresee that is is that you have um, you have a, a drone port that is pretty much like an airport, but much much smaller. Uh, and at this drone port, you will have access to power. You will have access to maintenance parts. You will have access to uh, engineers and repair technicians, uh, and you will have access to uh, flight control um, operators, and you will have the whole operational center focused on this drone port. Um, and then you will be able to send the drones autonomously from this drone port, meaning that you can fly the drones um, from point A to point B uh, autonomously without having a drone pilot that needs to go out and, and, and follow the drone, so to say, um, and that everything will be taken care of uh, remotely from this uh, center. Uh, because now you need a pilot um, uh, yeah, for, so for legal it, reasons. or so we need, It really depends on, on the regulatory framework. So still the majority of the countries in the world uh, don't do not allow autonomous flying beyond visual line of sight, which means that in most countries in the world, you need to be a physical person that can see the drone when you fly it. And in those circumstances, using the drone for transportation and logistical purposes nearly ever, never makes sense. So we are focused so far on flying in countries that have, have allowed for autonomous beyond visual line of sight flights so that we can actually fly the drone up to 100 kilometers from where we are physically sitting. And of course, that's when it, you can scale it much more. Uh, but so again, going back to we're far away in many places from from you know reaching this this at scale and reaching this uh, optimal drone port center. Uh, but we are moving towards there, um, and in some countries we're able to 
to uh, to do this today and we're quite confident that we can build from there and do even more things in those countries and also be able to apply uh, the same infrastructure and the same setup to to other countries when when the uh, regulatory framework moves uh, moves forward in in that direction yeah yeah i imagine that we, we we need really as a society to to think about what would autonomous drones how will that impact society uh, good and bad what what are the risks but also the rewards the benefits and yes. uh, um, i feel that the, the area that you have sort of staked out here uh, working on humanitarian sort of endeavors and and looking into distributing uh, med- medicines and medical supplies, I think that's one of the areas where we really need to step up and start allowing this uh, more and more. Uh, I mean, we, 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 we can get our pizzas in some other way, but this this is really important. Yes, and I mean, that that is indeed so. And I mean, we're seeing, we're in the countries that we're flying, it's many times in humanitarian missions or, or very closely linked to. Um, and it's the typical last mile areas where where the uh, infrastructure on the ground is just uh, just very um very poorly maintained uh, and sometimes during flooding seasons and so forth a lot of these roads are completely impassable so you can actually not get to many places at all during weeks at a time sometimes so then of course you need to be able to to supply all hospitals and all health centers in these regions with with supplies, even those weeks and months out of the year when, when these places are not reachable. And sometimes, even if the distances aren't necessarily always that long, the roads are so bad. So it takes, you know, hours to get, to travel a distance that a drone could travel in minutes. So it's really to find those use cases where it makes sense to bring in the drones. They're definitely, they definitely, definitely don't make sense to bring in all the time, uh, but they could fill a gap, uh, a much needed gap in, 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 to, in, to some extent. And also, in our the in our parts of the world uh, and in large cities, uh, traffic congestion is also a problem. And even if we have proper infrastructure on the ground, it could still take very long to travel from southern part of the city to northern part of the city. Um, and it, we also have vast uh, rural areas where um, it takes a long time to travel, and sometimes it's not the most cost efficient way of transporting something several several kilometers. Um, with a human person behind the wheel and a huge truck that just needs to deliver something. Um, so there are both economical, ethical, um, social factors involved in this that obviously um, drone deliveries could um, assist uh, in one way or another. And I think they do make a lot of sense in many parts of the world, but of course they need to be integrated in a, in a safe and proper way. Um, and for the, what we are hoping for is, of course, that the regulatory frameworks in Sweden and the rest of Europe will um, open up and realize that even if uh, we don't need to have a regulatory framework that allows for for everyone to go out and fly the drones however they want, because we just necessarily we absolutely don't want that either. Um, there should be um, a rule of exception for uh, drones used in emergency services, etc., where they can really. Um, really play an important role and be a matter of life or death, even in many in many situations. So, um, why we can see that we're moving towards that here in in Sweden as well, and and we're happy to follow that development and be part of that development uh, here as well. Yeah, and I can see if 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 you sort of 
go up one level and look at the logistics system as a whole, uh, where with a bunch of actors in it, you are one of those actors and you have sort of other companies working with drone transports. Yeah. Would you say that uh, if we look a number of years into the future, would you say that it would be possible to decouple the uh, the owners, the operators of the drones themselves and the owners of the flows that drones service? So that you will get, um, because now you have a connection between transportation and logistics. It's the same company doing both because of the complexity and because it's a new field. But mm. if you look at the, the, the more mature transportation industry, you have haulage companies. They specialize in moving stuff for others. And then you mm. have uh, forwarding companies who specialize in, in building systems. And then you have sort of shippers who specialize in um, in flows of uh, values, flows of materials, and they buy the, serv- the, uh, the transportation services from others. So it's yeah. a multi-tier industry. But I, yeah. I, I feel when I look into the drone industry now that it's, uh, it's a bunch of companies all doing everything. Yeah, and I mean, that's the, I mean, it's a little bit of the Achilles heel in, in, in one way, because as a drone, as a drone provider or drone service provider, um, you necessarily don't want to be doing all the components uh, involved. Uh, but since we're, we are at a stage where either you make sure that you are doing it all, or you find partners that you can outsource parts to, um, or you cannot be working with drone deliveries because it's um, it's a very uh, immature market at the at the moment. Um, so you have to kind of take on take on a very uh, comprehensive role um, from the beginning, and you have to find partners that you can work together with and outsource to. Uh, but if we fast forward a few years, when some of the more like fundamental um, infrastructure and 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 other components uh, are most likely available and then you are able to much more sell a plug and play uh, type of service that goes into uh, a much broader um, system mm-hmm. yeah and and I know that your company you are not only providing transport services but you are also and you, and you, you touched upon this before when you said that that uh, there are floods and conditions are changing and s- sometimes you are the only one who could actually uh, um, do the job. Uh, but you're also gathering intelligence, gathering data um, of the the terrain that you pass with okay. the drones. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Because I think that's that's also a service that that's uh, completely digital uh, in a sense that you add yeah. on to this transportation service. Yeah, definitely. So, and I think, I mean, the way that we, the way that we have structured our company is that, I mean, we see the drone as a tool, uh, and we see it as a, um, as a technology where you can adapt many other technologies to it, and you can get different values from that. So, of course, you know, adding adding a cargo uh, package to the drone is one way of how you can create a value with the drone as a tool because you can transport something um, to to places that are hard to reach or impossible to get to if you don't have the drone. But when you also have the drone out there flying and covering large uh, amounts of areas, there is always, of course, a value of also ha- using the drone imagery as as data. So that's what we are also doing. We're trying to build an ecosystem around this drone. The drone is out there. It's flying. What are some of the values that we can get from the drone? Uh, and in our case, a lot of the times when we are flying, we are collecting image data so that we can also 
um, provide answers to what roads are currently flooded, uh, which roads are passable, so that that can uh, serve as logistical information to both humanitarian actors, but also any private companies or actors involved in transportation or has an interest in going from A to B to C and back to A. Um, and that is also something that, that we are selling as a service, that we utilize the drone imagery that the drones capture from from the different routes. Uh, we package that and we deliver that as, um, as a service as well. Uh, and for us, it's also, of course, um, uh, interesting to uh, to uh, to find different customers for 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 that are interested in the same data. So even though our main focus and our main customers many times are big uh, international organizations um, and the United Nations being our our main 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 client, our biggest client, uh, we often see after natural disasters that the exact same data that the UN is interested in, meaning they want to know uh, what districts are flooded, how many roads are affected, how many households are affected, and so forth. That is the exact same information that uh, large insurance companies are interested in because they want to find out what has actually happened before they start paying, paying out millions of dollars in debt. So for us, it's important to, to set up a business module that is focusing on our core values of providing social impact, but also see when we have this data, what are, are the other types of customers that are also interested in, in, in this type of data that we can, that we can provide data to and that we can build a business ecosystem around around our service as well. I, I think it's really cool and, and it's it's an alternative service to to um, uh, satellite imagery of course or or uh, yes. other aerial yeah, photography but uh, yeah and satellite imagery I mean it's great in many many cases but I mean you you might be in areas where satellite imagery is lacking is lagging uh, up to three years so if there has been a flood or an earthquake over the past hours or days that's many times not reflected in the satellite imagery and to reposition a satellite and get more updated satellite imagery is extremely expensive. Um, so hence drone imagery could, could really fill, fill a gap there. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's, it's to, again, it's to see where, where the drones can fill a gap. They're not there here to replace ground vehicles completely and they're not here to replace satellites completely, but they, they could fill a gap, um, and provide a much needed input where, where and when it's, um, needed. Yeah. And speaking of millions of dollars, um, let's say I give you $10 million. What would you invest in? So I, at the moment, um, that wish list um, is quite long being being a startup with uh, with a lot of uh, different uh, needs to um, to in, in invest. Uh, but at the moment, what I will do uh, with $10 million is to ensure that we could um, that we could hire more uh, more expertise, um, both within AI and cloud, uh, because at the moment we're we're facing uh, a large interest for for our techniques and our services, and we need to we need to build a team, um, and we need to be able to uh, attract um, experts within the field um, to our company. So, and that doesn't um, come for free. So I would invest that in uh, in growing the team, um, so that we are able to do to do what we do today even even better tomorrow. Good choice. And and uh, if you look at sort of a typical I don't know occupation, typical line of work within the drone industry, how would that look in in five to ten years? Do you think? 
a typical um, job within the drone. Yeah, career. So what I think is like, um, I think almost the drone industry, um, you can almost compare it as the mobile phone industry or the computer era or the internet era. It's just, it's, it's a completely uh, new way of being able to do things that you've done before, but not to this scale and not to, not to this extent. So um it's it's the extended version of digitalization and it's the flying computer or the flying cell phone that you can just uh, extract so much from so i think it's almost impossible to to kind of limit that and and to kind of uh, put that into oh if you work with drones this this is this is you know how um how your career or, or how your work is going to be to be to be like but something that we do see and something that i think will just be uh, an extreme explosion uh, uh, around over the next years, which has already started, is it's of course to see how do you combine different technologies with drones. So I think the combination of drones and artificial intelligence is going to be extremely big. Um, we're already starting to see it happen, and and we are working a lot with that as well. Um, and that I think is um, is going to be many different jobs that will entail drones and artificial intelligence for uh, different use cases and 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 different. Uh, and different, um, uh, yeah, for different sectors and for different use cases to be able to combine drone technology with with AI, but also combine drone technology with different type of sensors. So I think all these different careers and job creation based on looking at the drone as a tool and a platform and then adding on AI sensors, IoT, 5G, um, then... Yeah, it's it's um, it's, it's definitely a, it's a big market. Yeah. Up these different technologies that will be of interest because that's when you can start creating that extra value. So, so what's your best advice to someone who wants to enter this industry to start out now? Um, is there uh, sort of some stepping stones that they need to pass before uh, being able to enter the industry? Well, I think um, a recommendation that I would do is to to start flying, start flying drones and, and get familiar with drone technology uh, overall, um, but then combine that with with a specific skill. Uh, maybe that is um, AI, maybe it is um, GIS, geographical information systems. Uh, maybe it's uh, sensors, or maybe maybe it's um, something else, but. Um, have a general understanding of how drones work and how 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 you operate drones and what the different opportunities from flying drones are, and then combine that with a specific skill set that you may that you may have. Um, that I think it was going to be uh, be quite key. Thank you. Good advice. And my last question, as always, you have to pick a rock song and tell me why. Oh yeah, um, a good one. Um, I will pick. Don't stop believing with Journey because that's really how it is to be a startup. Um, you um, you really have to believe in your idea and you have to believe in in the drone technology uh, from from our point of view and you have to keep believing that even if if regulatory frameworks and and other uh, other challenges are sometimes holding you back. Um, keep believing. Don't stop believing. Uh, make sure that you push for push for this to become a reality so that we all can benefit from the from the from the um, good that drone technology can can bring to us and our society excellent choice and a very good song as well 
So, Helena, thank you very much for being on Logistics Rocks and teaching us all about uh, the very exciting world of drone technology. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Helena. Thank you, Johanna. And thank you, Jönji, for contributing to the first volume of Logistics Rocks, the first volume of many to follow. This volume has focused on humanitarian logistics and how we can use logistics and logistics principles to save lives. And I'm very anxious to hear what you thought of this volume. You as a listener, did you like the format? Uh, did you expect something else? Or was, was this uh, more or less what you wanted to hear from a podcast called Logistics Rocks? We have, as you know, a music theme And as you know, there are now a couple of songs in the playlist on Spotify. That playlist will, of course, be expanded once we release more volumes and more chapters of, uh, of this podcast. When the next volume will be released, I cannot say at this moment. It will be sometime in the perhaps near future. I have a number of episodes recorded and have a number of volumes. I have not decided which one will be next. I have volumes on blockchain, I have volumes on autonomous driving, for instance. If you like what you've heard so far of Logistics Rocks, can I please, please ask you to do a few things for me. First of all, give me a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. You can also give me reviews on Podchaser or on Stitcher. That will mean a lot for me and would be able to keep me doing this and producing more volumes. The second thing I would like you to do is tell your friends. I know you know a lot of people who are also into logistics as much as you and me and who perhaps would like to know a little bit more about the different aspects of logistics and to get some tips of good music to listen to. So tell your friends and give me a review and I will keep in touch. Goodbye for now.